Open your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 2, the second chapter of Paul's epistle, his letter to the church in Philippi. And we have arrived at verse 5, which we will read in just a moment. It's got to be one of the greatest passages of, of Scripture in all the Bible. The, the early church may very well have set this to music. It, it may have become a hymn that the early church sang. We have reason to think that. Uh, I don't know that it could have been anywhere near as beautiful as what we heard a few moments ago. But what a precious passage of Scripture, and we're continuing our series in Paul's letter to Philippi. So stand with me and in honor of the reading of God's Word, chapter 2, beginning with verse 5, and it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and you may be seated what what a passage of scripture He is Lord, He is Lord, He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've been singing that song for a long time, and it just comes from this text And it is beautiful. Maybe that's what the early church sang. We don't know. Get the context. As Paul wrote the epistle to the Philippian church, a church that he loved very, very much, and he wrote from prison in Rome, a letter of gratitude to the church in Philippi because they had given him a monetary gift And he loved them and he responded with this incredible epistle. The theme for the entire series is from servants, that is from Paul and his friend Timothy, to servants, that is the church in Philippi, about the servant, that is about Jesus. Now look at verse 3 and 4 that we covered two weeks ago. Today, by the way, I I don't want to be neglectful. Thanks to Matt Hollingsworth for preaching in my absence last week. And I heard he did a magnificent job. I'm so proud of Matt. Do nothing, verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests uh, of others. So, we are 
coming now to this passage, verses 3 and following, there is a call for humility and for an outward look as believers that we be not self-centered but other-centered. Then, in this passage, as an example, in your relationships with others, Paul says, have the mind of Christ or have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. In saying that, Paul gives us an incredible picture of what I've chosen to be the title of the message, and that is the humiliation and the exaltation of Jesus. Now, I want you to picture with me for a moment. I'm making a, I'm making a V, sort of, with my, with my hands, okay? Now, so that it doesn't become a Y, we're going to stop the V right here at my Adam's apple, okay? So you got, you got a V, stops right here. We've all got an imagination, so we're going to use it this morning. Now, this hand represents humiliation. Say that word with me. Humiliation. Right here, the bottom of the V, crucifixion. Say that with me. Crucifixion. And then this hand represents exaltation. Say that with me. Exaltation. So now let's, let's review. Humiliation, crucifixion, exaltation. Okay, that okay? Can you see a V sort of there? Okay, all right. Now with, with that in our heart, you'll see it again in a minute. I want us to notice five things from the text. And the first is his mind. M-I-N-D, his mind. Various translations of the scriptures exist. We have, you know, you have several. Verse 5, my favorite two of all the translations of this particular verse would be, first of all, the King James Version, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And then also like the New American Standard Bible, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Paul here is emphasizing more than a a theological truth or a theological statement. He's also making an ethical statement. Making an ethical statement. The NIV, which I read, that, that, that's what I usually preach from, says it good too. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So Paul is commending the attitude that Jesus had in order to stimulate humility and unity in the church in Philippi and also I would say in us. And we are able to have the mind of Christ. Sometimes you, you may, we may think, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I can't do that. I'm just a, I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I can't do it. Yeah, you can. Have, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We are able to do that because we are in Christ. Therefore, we can have the mind of Christ. Look back at verse 1. Paul said, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... So we are united, we are one with Christ, therefore we can have the mind of Christ. So, start with yourself. Do you have the mind of Christ in regard to humility and self-giving? Just think about it. You're not thinking about her or him, 
You're thinking about you. I'm thinking about me. Do I, do you have the mind of Christ in regard to humility and self-giving? Then having thought about that for a second, reflect on the church, this, this church, the body of Christ known as First Baptist Belton. Now, if you're our guest today, you may not know enough about us to try to answer that question. Church family, you're well qualified to answer the question, do we have the mind of Christ in regard to humility and self-giving? So let that roll around in your mind, yes or no. We are called upon by Paul to imitate Christ, and there's no greater example of humility and self-giving than found in Jesus. Now, there, there are three themes in, in this hymn. If, if it was indeed a hymn, there are three themes. One is humiliation, crucifixion, exaltation. Those are the three themes of of the text. And so we're going to look at the first, the, the second point of the message and the first theme. And the second point is his incarnation. Verse seven, his, verse six and seven, rather, his incarnation theme humiliation. Get that now. The point is his incarnation, God becoming a man, theme, humiliation. That's what Paul is saying to us here. It is humiliation as Christ becomes man. His incarnation. Jesus laid aside his exalted position and we find in the Gospels that he is God in the flesh. He said himself, the Father and I are one. You have seen me, you have seen the Father. In chapter 5, verse 18, Jesus was calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. And that message was not lost on anybody who heard it. Those who loved him and those who stood against him, they understood exactly what he was saying. He always has been. He is the Alpha and the Omega. John chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. He is the creator. And in verse 6 it says he took on the very nature of God or meaning he is in very the very essence of God. This is not just some external appearance, but Jesus is really God in the flesh. Um, I, I think you are aware of this. If you're not, I want, I want to make you aware of it. Since the first century, the church has had to vigorously defend the humanity and the divinity of Christ. We've had to vigorously defend that against those who refuse to believe it and those who stand against it. In 325 AD, church leaders met and, and wrote what is called the Nicene Creed. And part of that says, 
we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. And ever since the first century, including the writing of that creed, the church has contended for the divinity of Christ for 2,000 years. And it is the lot of the church in every generation to defend the divinity of, divinity of Christ. We are doing it. We'll have to continue doing it. Our Those who come after us will have to do it. For there is always a constant assault upon the divinity of Jesus. Now... He's more than a good man. He is more than a good example. He is God in the flesh. So as God, he humbled himself. He humiliated himself by coming to earth as a baby born of a virgin in Bethlehem in a stable with all that babies are. Crying Unable to control bodily functions, helpless, well, we say it, helpless as a baby. And he was. He emptied himself, he refused to grasp heaven's throne, he remained as he was, which was fully divine, but he became who he wasn't, which was fully man. And that staggers me every time I try to think about it and sort through it. It is utterly amazing. And as a man, he did what no other man could do. He came to rescue us as the sinless Son of God. Hallelujah, what a Savior. In verse 7, it says he took on the very nature of a servant. That word could be slave. It can be translated either way. And maybe slave has a little more of a jolt to it. He, he took on the very nature of a slave or a, a, a servant. And along the way in the Gospels, we read story after story after story that pictures his humility. Let me remind you of one, John 13. Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. They gather together. In a little while, they're going to celebrate Passover And it's traditional that somebody wash the feet of the guests who come. And so here Jesus and his disciples, nobody makes a move to wash anybody's feet. The disciples don't do it. They're just sitting around the table. They're not going to get up and wash one another's feet. So Jesus gets up, wraps a towel around his waist. Gets on his knees in front of his disciples and washes their dirty, smelly, stinking feet. I want you to think about it. Do you know who that is? That's that's God in the flesh. That is God in the flesh on his knees with a towel wrapped around him, washing the feet of his disciples. That's God. Humiliation. Left hand humiliation. Jesus, the servant, as God, as man, 
as the God-man, Christ Jesus. And the passage calls for us to imitate him. We're called to imitate him. What does this mean? Humiliation. Humiliation. Number two point, his death theme, crucifixion. Crucifixion, verse 8. This is the bottom of the V. We get humiliation, whoo, down to crucifixion. We're going to go up in a minute, but we're not there yet. Crucifixion. Voluntarily. Pilate did not humble Jesus. Nor did the Roman soldiers, nor did the religious leaders. He humbled himself. The pre-existent one, the Lord of glory, died on a cross for sinners. He suffered the supreme agony of crucifixion, humiliation, hanging naked upon the cross in utter humiliation, crucifixion, his death. Humiliation, crucifixion, ah. Uh, We've hit the bottom of the V. Then up he goes to exaltation. Exaltation. Verse 9. That's the third. The third point is his name. Theme, exaltation. From self-humiliation to super-exaltation. He is exalted. His name is exalted above every name. Now, in verse 9, Paul begins with the word, therefore. You know, you know what that means. Whenever you see the word, therefore, it refers to what comes before it. So, verse 9, therefore, refers to verse 6, 7, and 8. Therefore, because of his humiliation, because of his crucifixion, the Father exalted him. Jesus is in a class by himself. He re-entered the glory that he enjoyed with the Father before the world existed. And for all of eternity, we will join the millions in giving glory to his name in his presence. Now, what name is he talking about here? Look again at verse uh, verse 9. There may be more to this verse than you initially thought. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. What name is he talking about? Well, certainly he's talking about Jesus. We, we know that. In his death and in his resurrection, he fulfilled the mission of Messiah, the long-awaited one. Listen to Acts 2.36. Listen carefully. Here's what Peter said in his sermon. Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. Or both Lord and Christ. Messiah and Christ mean the same, the same thing. Both Lord and Christ. Lord and 
and Messiah. So the title Lord and Messiah bestowed on him at his exaltation. Now, now grasp this. It boggles my mind. I hope I can say it correctly. He fulfilled the title that was already his, but not completed until the resurrection. To be acclaimed Lord and Messiah, Lord and Christ, the Son of God had to come. He had to defeat the enemy and he had to deliver us who are sinners. The name above every name is Lord and Christ, Lord and Messiah. Verse 11 says it, Jesus Christ is Lord. So, humiliation, crucifixion, exaltation. I want to tell you, without this hand, the rest of it would have been meaningless. Just the death of another Jew on a Roman cross. But because of his glorious resurrection, his exaltation, then the humiliation and the crucifixion have meaning for you and for me. He died for the sins of the world. Now that brings us to the last, the last thing. So we've got humiliation, crucifixion, we've got exaltation. What are we going to do with all that? So here is our response. Look at verse 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Look back at that again. That at the name of Jesus, a lot of knees would bow and a lot of tongues confess. Is that what it says? At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's our response. In response to Christ's lordship, everyone will bow and confess that he is Lord. Everyone. By giving Jesus the name Lord, God declared the deity of Jesus. The earliest Christian confession was Jesus Christ is Lord. And that simple sentence caused the death of untold millions of martyrs. Jesus Christ is Lord. Recant. Take it back. Say somebody else is Lord, but not Jesus. No, Jesus Christ is Lord. By giving Jesus the name Lord, God declared the deity of Jesus. So in the first century, when Paul wrote, Caesar is not Lord, Jesus Christ is Lord. And today, in 2018, the only Lord is Jesus Christ. Now, listen carefully. Bow now or bow later in a too late to save you acknowledgement of truth. Bow now or bow later. If you choose to bow later, it will be too late to save your soul. But every knee shall bow. History is not a treadmill. History is a straight line. And this is the climax. At the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's your take home. Number one, bow the knee now. You do that by taking Jesus as your Savior and Lord, by receiving what Jesus did for you on the cross and in the resurrection for yourself, receiving forgiveness for your sins, the gift of eternal life, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Bow the knee now. If you've not yet done that, I plead with you to do that today. Bow the knee now. Second take home. Christians, live like Jesus. Humility marked by servanthood. Humility marked by servanthood. And number three, link arms with every believer of every age in declaring Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. As most of you know, my wife and I have been with a couple of couples of dear friends in Israel for the last 10 days. I've been there many times. I never, I never cease to be amazed at the people who come there, believers who come there from all over the world. Now, you don't have to go to Israel to be a Christian. It's a great thing to do. I hope you get to do it, but you don't have, but to think that so many people would come to see and to worship from North and South America, from Africa, from Asia, from Australia, from Europe. They're all there. And you rub, you rub shoulders with them. You may sing with them. You will smile at them. You will hear them as they talk about Jesus. They hear us as we talk about Jesus. Utterly amazing. And every time I think about it, it's what we saw in the video. It's just a little snapshot. Of what is to be. Before the throne. People from everywhere. Bowing the knee. Worshiping Jesus. What a glorious moment that will be. Now. Lest you forget. The V. Okay. If I see you out somewhere this week. (laughs) If you do this. I'm gonna, yeah, you listen, you got it. What is this? Humiliation. What is this? Crucifixion. What is this? Exaltation to the glory of God. Let's bow our heads together. In a moment, we'll stand and sing our song of invitation as Brother Gary leads us. And so I reiterate that call to anyone who's here who does not yet know Jesus to come and bow the knee to Jesus today to give your heart and your life to Jesus don't wait for another day the spirit of God is speaking wooing calling drawing don't leave this place without doing today what you know the spirit of God is urging you pleading with you to do and all of us who've already done that as the spirit of God speaks to us Let the mind of Christ be in us, marked by 
marked by humility and, and the serving of others around us. Father, it is a joyous privilege to link arms with the believers in this room, with other believers in Bell County, with other believers in Texas, with other believers in the United States, with other believers from the four corners of the earth to praise our God and to share the name of Jesus. We rejoice in that. I pray that our lives will be marked as people who have the mind of Christ, marked by humility humility and the serving of others. And then I pray, Father, that if there's one, two, three, four, five, or ten in this room who have not yet become Christ followers, who have not yet bowed the knee to Jesus, that they will all come this morning trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord, in whose name I pray. Amen. God speaks to your heart. You come as we stand and sing.